What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 53 of the Lombard Trucking Show. I'm your host, Michael Lombard, and right now, at time of recording, I'm coming at you live from Clanton, Alabama. I had to look that up because it sounds too much like Clayton or whatever, but yeah, I'm in the middle of Alabama, just a little bit south of Birmingham, and uh, I'm right now, I got loaded with something that does something with paving roads, and we're taking this stuff back to Iowa, but for those of you who are watching uh, on YouTube or on Spotify, not listening. Uh, as you can see, I have a guest with me today. He calls himself the fittest trucker. Him and I have a similar mission. We, we, were, we were running parallel on the same mission together, and we crossed paths on our favorite you know, Chinese app there, TikTok, and he's out there crushing it. He's killing it, fellow driver, crushing on fitness, also a former college basketball player, and I'm really excited to have him on the show today. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I look up to this guy. He's doing a lot of good work out there. I'm glad to have him come on. He's coming at us live from Orlando, Florida at the moment. So I just want to pronounce it per, uh, correctly. His name is Euros. Welcome to the show. Euros, I'm not even going to try the last name. I'll let you do that. I oh, appreciate it, man. First of all, it's a pleasure to be on your show, man. And you're saying you look up to me. You're the one on the flat by doing imams and whatnot, man. That's amazing. Like, I see those videos, and it just it just makes me so happy. But yeah, my actual name is Uros Ljaskovic. I go by Euros, Americanized as much as I can, because my name is just complicated. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we're glad to, we're glad to have you. So um, let the listeners know, who who is Euros? Who's the fittest trucker? You know, what's your life story? Where are you from? How'd you get here? You know? I got you. So I'm going to try to keep that part brief because we got more important stuff to discuss with health and fitness and whatnot in trucking. But I was born and raised in Montenegro, played basketball my whole life. Uh, long story short, I started getting these random English phone calls, American phone calls a couple of years back, like when I was 16. And it turns out it was a couple of college D1 schools trying to recruit me to come here. So I ended up coming to America, played for Coastal Carolina, down in Myrtle Beach, went to two NCAA tournaments, and then transferred to Grand Canyon where I got my master's degree. So I have my bachelor's and master's. Uh, I didn't end up playing basketball just because the money wasn't there for me. I'm six foot eight, dude. That's semi-athletic and a decent jumper. Like I'm, I could make some money, but realistically not as much. So I went into sales, got a license in insurance, sold insurance, business-wise, commercial-wise, got into financial services, and come about March uh, 2020 when the whole pandemic stuff hit, I got laid off. So I didn't know what to do. Called a buddy of mine from Chicago. He had a company with about 50 trucks. And I actually called him to borrow some money because I was going broke after like five months. I had no more money saved. And he was like, why don't you drive a truck? I told him to, you know, go after yourself. I'm like, I have a master's degree. Why would I like get into trucking? And then I don't know if you've seen like Wolf of Wall Street, the movie. But he sends oh, yeah. me like one of the, I'm like, dude, if you send me a pay stub that your drivers, owners make as much as they do, I will pull my 401k out, fly to Chicago tomorrow and train. And he sent me like a double, like a 1099 for like, I don't know, it was like 300 and something grand. I looked at it. The next week, I was in Chicago. There's a school in Phoenix. Got my seat in a week. And then I flew to Chicago to drive with him. I actually trained with him for a month. Long story short, that's ended up in truck. Oh, no. That, dude, that's that's actually a pretty <laughs> awesome story. So, yeah, what's crazy is he, is he got you because, yeah, he sent you the 1099 for what one of his trucks grossed in a year, which – you know, at face value, you definitely look at it and it, and it opens your eyes. So uh, you went to school. So you got your bachelor's and master's in business, I'm assuming. <laughs> no, I actually, well, the reason why I'm all crazy about fitness, nutrition and whatnot, my bachelor's was exercise and sports science, but my MBA master's was MBA uh, business administration. Oh, okay. Awesome. So that's what got you out to uh, Grand Canyon, which is in Arizona. So you go to Chicago you pick up, you get your CDL, you go trucking. So where do you, um, so you work for him, 
for how how long do you stay driving? I bought a, I bought my own truck right away. So, oh, I don't so know you how, got my truck really? Oh yeah, I, I went owner operator right away, which I don't suggest to many people because there was a lot of expensive learning lessons there. But I bought a truck. He had a used he had a Cascadia 2016 or 15, and it was hit. Like I think the driver jackknifed or something, and nobody wanted to drive it. It had six hundred thousand miles, and it was top shape. Besides, like the bunker being bent in, so I drove that truck for a year and a half, paid fifteen thousand dollars for it, put my four hundred one k, bought a brand new trailer when nobody was buying anything, and that's how I got into trucking. At least under him for about uh, seven eight months until my MC was old enough with insurance and whatnot, and then I just went on my own. Well, I could t just from a trucking perspective, you definitely had a good guidance because a lot of guys, sometimes they'll get the MC off the rip. They struggle. But when it comes to purchasing equipment, I can say, yeah, you, you got it at the right time. Like, because even that used truck last year, that same truck that you got in, in 2020 used was going last year for God knows how much, even with 600,000 with bent fairings or bent, something bent in words. It was crazy. And then trailers on top of it, too, are, were basically unaffordable. Um, that's why I went out because I got my truck last year, you know, essentially a, a year after you got yours and what a, what a different time period it was in just that year's difference. So you lease down with him, you got your own MC and you run, you got a drive van trailer, but you, you don't have that Cascadia now. What are you, what are you driving now? You got a badass truck. <laughs> badass truck that's costing me all kinds of money. But, uh, to your point, before I answer that, how much is it worth a year after? So I sold it with 970,000 miles for $17,000. That, yeah, see, that's insane. I paid, for, I paid 15 for it. Yeah, and that's that's what a lot of guys says. I mean, a lot of guys got out of the it's industry crazy. doing that. Yeah, they, they, I know a lot of people. I talked to a lot of guys. You said yeah. they sold. They're like, dude, I'm selling my stuff. I'm going to go drive for a friend of mine uh, or a company. Sorry. Like, it was just, you, yeah, you, they couldn't pass up that opportunity. It was crazy. But, yeah, I have a 1999 Peterbilt right now, uh, 379. Uh, good old Detroit Series 60. My cat people are going to hate me. But uh, I get eight miles to a gallon, man, so I can't complain. Uh, truck breaks down about once a week, but I love the truck, and I'm not giving up on it. So. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you, the, the truck you drive, definitely, it definitely makes your profile and, like, your social media because it, it is a badass, you know, it is a badass ride. And I get I get it. Probably comes with its the fair share of issues and stuff. But so you are, you, is that just a, now is that a glider kit you got on it or what's, what's under no, the, or the, the, the whole engine original? Is uh, well, the engine is not the same that came with a truck that is a glider, but the truck and the engine are both are 1999. Oh, both 99. Uh, okay. So, so yeah, you're... both are 99. It's just that the truck, I think that whatever they did, the butcher mechanics and the truck doesn't break down because the truck for my Peterbilt and Detroit people, it's the mechanics and the shop that sold it to me. So that's pretty much the reason. I've paid like $50,000 to a mechanic in Phoenix who didn't do 30% of things he said he did. And lesson learned, but yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big lesson in trucking is knowing a mechanic, yeah. uh, knowing a guy who's going to help you out. So um, so it's a 99, so you don't have to worry about any DPF, diesel, any of that stuff. I thought you are going to go somewhere else with that, but yeah, no, I don't. And that's why I bought a 1990. That's literally why I went with that. On top of the paper logs, which are, to me, that's a separate topic that we can get into if you want. But, uh, yeah, no DPF. no Like, the engine itself is amazing. Like, those old engines run forever as long as you do proper maintenance on them and just run them properly. Like, I learned, for example, from Cascadia. I didn't know that. Yeah, I kept my Cascadia DD15, I think, in low RPMs because apparently that's good for them. These old engines, you need to keep them higher. 
like 13 or like 14 15 sometimes 1600 rpm and that's when it runs the best I, it took me like a year to realize that once i figured that out that the engine works so much better i have so much more power and the mpg went up yeah, yeah, some people actually wonder that because, like, you'll talk to old school guys and they'll be like, my truck runs good when I'm driving 75. When I'm going 75 and, like, some people, sometimes people wonder, they're like, oh, 75 miles an hour, isn't that? Aren't you beating up on the engine? And in reality, no, there's guys, yeah, those older ones do run. I, I could tell you this, uh, a, a guest of the show and a good friend of mine, Gord, uh, you know, Mr. Gord McGill, who's uh, runs his stub stack, uh, uh uh, driver autonomy uh he's autonomous the autonomous trucker substack he would be a big fan of what you're saying right now with the type of truck you're running because what you're doing is a form of rebellion yeah still running paper logs still running that engine he that's he he think he he says that that is the one way to rebel and buck against the system so no that's it's cool that you're you're doing that so how yeah how's it been for you so how's it been for you out there um like you're running off the you're using load boards i'm assuming you're kind of doing what i was doing for a while yeah right now as we talked about earlier before the show i downsized my fleet i used to have like 11 trucks now i'm down to myself one man operation so most of the contacts i used before they need just they just need a bigger fleet so i can't i'm running load boards i'm running what i can every once in a while i'll catch a good route from people i know but that's pretty much it yeah and it's rough out there man uh, and then i want to use also this opportunity to tell people to stop booking cheap freight I mean, I know a lot of people, like you said, I'm in Orlando right now. And I, ca I called like 10 brokers and they all say, well, yeah, most people take this load just to cover the fuel. But what people don't realize is by taking those loads, those brokers are getting used to that. And then nobody can get a decent load out of Florida. So I'm probably going to deadhead tomorrow to either Savannah or Charleston or maybe even Atlanta just to get a decent load. Like people need to stop doing this and the market will self-correct right away. But, you know. Yeah, it, it, it comes with taking it on the chin. And, you know, some some people will say that the market is a little oversaturated with trucks. I don't know. To an extent, I probably believe that maybe on the dry edge front. But I think that there are also a lot of MCs deactivating. But you're absolutely right. Uh, taking loads to cover fuel. Yeah, that's that's setting the tone for the market. I had to I had to get out of Orlando the other day and uh, I drove empty in uh, and, and flatbed. You'll drive a little you'll have a little bit more deadhead, but really to have to there is some stuff and equipment that moves out of Orlando that you should be able to, you know, logically take for a decent price out of Florida, but it's just not affordable. So yeah, I took something out of Savannah that ended up getting me back out. And it just, it's, it's things that you have, you have to do that, but are you using truck smarter at all? I got to give them a, a plug. If, if, are you using them as a load board? I've never heard of them before. But I'm going to really? check it out, especially right now. No, but I'm in Florida, so I, can't, I have nothing to lose. So I'm going to try them out, see if they have something Absolutely. better than that or the other ones that I typically use. I'll send you the uh, referral code uh, for, for that app uh, when we when we get offline because it's just it, it, the usability of the app is is just phenomenal. Just like when it comes to going on, like scrolling down, looking, searching from city, like it's, it, it's, it's way better. It doesn't have as many loads as DAT. But they're adding brokers regularly. They do have fuel discounts as well from like Roadies and Ambest. It's a solid Ooh. app. I'll send you the referral code. You'll like it. Check it. Yeah, check it out tonight. And I'll check it out. I got nothing to lose. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see some good loads on there. They're they're actively. Well, I'll have to get you in on the Discord. Uh, I don't if you have Discord. We we have a chat in there, and we have like a weekly chat with owner operators, like every Friday. If you're interested, just throwing it out there. It's just man. I, the more people I get to know, the better. Yeah, so I mean, it seems like you're sticking with trucking for the long term. Now, you said you had a fleet of eleven trucks. What made you? What made you get away from that? 
Well, January came by, and to be completely clear, I only had like two semi trucks and the rest of box trucks, twenty six footers, uh, and we kind of cut into the we cut two feet into the bed, built a DOT regulated bed sleeper so people can drive on the road over the road OTR. Uh, once I got a crunch down the numbers in January, man, with prices, fuel prices, diesel prices went through the roof. My profit went negative on every single truck for two months. My my truck that I was driving was pretty much pulling the whole business like above the water. So come February, I kind of figured crash is going to come. Pure luck, just assumption. So I sold all every single one of them. This is this past February? Good, but yeah, January, February, that's when I sold pretty much all of them. Oh, of 2023. But, oh, yeah. No, I'm lying. 2022. Sorry. You're right. I'm, I'm lost in time and space for your trucking. You're right. January, February, 2022. Sorry. Oh, no. So you had some really good fo uh, foresight uh, on, the, on that because – Pure luck. I, yeah. Pure luck. Yeah. That was that. That was a big January. call. Yeah, it happened in January. It was just the end of the year, so I went and crunched the numbers down, and I saw it January, and then I saw February, and I'm like, "Yeah, this isn't working." Out. No, it's it, it is crazy. I remember, and I got into when we got our truck in April of 2022. With, you know, with my business partner, we we knew going in like, "Hey, you know, this isn't this isn't the best time." Everybody's advising against it, and then I also had some friends who said, "Well, sometimes it's good to get in the business when it is bad." Uh, we had a pretty decent setup, you know, running off the spot. Rates were still kind of good because I operate in a different area. You're out of Arizona. It's tough getting out of, you know, that that part of the country. But luckily on the 35 corridor and being in Arkansas, freight rates stayed pretty good in northwest Arkansas, Joplin area. Um, that uh, that's where that's where the luck's been. And I'm sure now the only from what I've heard, is just like you were just in Ohio. I think you mentioned the Midwest and like Minnesota and Wisconsin, Chicago area. That's where rates are still. I guess uh, not as they don't make you vomit as much. Yeah, <laughs> I, like agree that, I agree with that. Chicago is oversaturated. Though. I avoid Chicago for all the people listening, go to Chicago. So I don't have to go and leave my other markets alone. But uh, I've had really good luck with Missouri and just going around Chicago, like that three, 400 mile radius just outside of Chicago. Cause I feel like a lot of trucking companies are from Chicago and a lot of people sit at home and wait for routes. This is just my opinion. I have no idea. And that's why our areas have less trucks and more routes. So I'm, I was able, I'm still averaging like 2.8 a mile, but I'm doing that by pretty much sitting for two, three days, refusing all the loads until I get a good load. And thankfully I'm in a position to do that. I know most people aren't. And I actually made a TikTok about it that people are just going to go under because there's yeah. no way they have the cost. My dry run cost per mile is 80 cents a mile. And my equipment's paid off. I write my own insurance policy because I'm also a licensed insurance agent. Like, there's no way these people are profitable when their cost is one sixth to run equipment. There's just no way. Now you're you're 100 right on that. You're and you're set up there just doing that licensed insurance broker. Having the paid off equipment is, uh, I mean, it's equipment. Impressive. Yeah, equipment and fuel because like a, a truck payment could be anywhere from eighteen hundred to sometimes three thousand a month, depending on the type of truck people got. Um, exactly. 3000 isn't actually that out of the ordinary plus trailer expense. I mean, these are, yeah, these are all factors. So the paid off equipment, writing your own insurance policy. Yeah. You're, you're very fortunate to do what you're doing. Yeah. I'm, and I'm glad you haven't uh, thrown in the towel because we, we, we definitely need you out here on the road because, uh, of base. And the reason why we need you has everything to do with the name that people can read on the screen, the fittest trucker, what, what you're doing out here, um, Lead, lead, you know, one of the biggest things that I talk with my first form friends about, you know, is lead, leading by example. And you're one of the people out here who's doing that. And um, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I definitely want to have you on what because I, I tell people there's a reason why I'm making fitness content, and why I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do, which is 
you know, change the culture of the area. But yeah, what what drew you to to do this? Because you don't have to by any stretch of the means. You could just head down, train, you know, do your own thing. What made you, you know, get into this side of, uh, you know, posting fitness content for the industry? Well, unfortunately, this is a sad reality. Once I started trucking, the guy that trained me was not really in well physical shape. And as we mentioned, I was playing basketball. I was acting my whole life. And then just going around truck stops and just being around truckers in general, you see what five years of trucking, let's not even say five, let's three years of trucking do to people's body. And then I kind of, I'm a big research guy. I like to research everything. So I started doing research and it turns out, man, average age of retirement in America is 64. Average trucker life expectancy, 61. So you're making all this money, you're working as hard as you can, and you're dying before you even get to enjoy that. Why? Because you're sedentary lifestyle, like sitting, eating crap food at truck stops. And that's one, <laughs> that first month I didn't have, like the, the one I trained with Chicago guy, I didn't have any equipment with me and he wouldn't stop to work out. So I gained like five pounds right off the bat. And after that, I'm like, nope, once I get on my own, I'm buying a gym. I have my whole little mobile gym set up and I'm working out every single day. And my idea was to get as many people as I can on board if they see me working on the exit ramp while they drive by or me posting TikToks or Instagrams while I'm working out on the ramp on like wherever I can be somewhat visible, the more people that I get to get work out, to get working out, to be healthier, the better. That's so what's crazy is I, I had a, I had a kind of a, a different training situation when I went off with my trainer. I like so that's what got me into running, like because I didn't know how much I could do on the road. So I knew that running was free. I can run anywhere. All you need is shoes. And so, and I, and I started off with Pam transport. So we need to, you know, we weren't running paper or anything. We were taking 10 hour breaks, whatever. So I would always run. And then I was basically starving myself to eating. What's that? I take my breaks all by the law. Oh yeah. Yeah. By the law. No, I know you do, but uh, I would, I would starve myself with uh, my my fitness pal and eat 1800 calories. And that's how I didn't gain weight training. And then I started to learn over time. But what you just said, so that's what's really awesome about your videos. That's way different than mine. And I think I might steal this idea from you. So, yeah, so the exit ramps, the off ramps, where where did that? Yeah, so is that just for visibility? Yes and no. Uh, If I can find a really secluded place, because you got to realize once I'm filming this, I bought a bunch of videos, drones and stuff. I don't want to be out there on the street doing that because while I'm, let's say I'm with a drone, I'm trying to walk the drone at the same time that I'm at an exit ramp. Someone might come and hit me or the drone might crash, which happened multiple times. I've crashed like five of them. So, yes, it is for visibility. I want people to see me. I won't do truck stops or like rest areas just because, I mean, it's trucking. People piss there. There's like, there's all kinds of crap on the floor that I just don't want to smell or touch. Exit ramps, there's still some stuff, but I'll do it just because people can see it. And I can't tell how many times I had people honk at me or stop to say, hey, man, I love your TikToks. Like, it's just great for me. Because the more people, like I had people, I had a guy in Montana, no, Wyoming the other day, come up to me, skinny guy, looked pretty similarly fit. And he told me that thanks to me, like thanks to my videos, I got him motivated to lose weight. And I can't tell you how much that means because that's literally the purpose of everything I'm doing. Yeah, no, likewise. Yeah, I, I get at least uh, sometimes, one, you know, I get at least one message a day from somebody, you know, who says, because my biggest thing isn't even just, you know, going out and doing these crazy imams. My biggest thing is just, I look around when I'm doing these workouts and luckily now I, I do have the flatbed. So I've, I've graduated off of the piss covered ground. Jealous. Um, and that's the thing with me. I just, I need a place to shower. Cause that's the thing. I, I sweat so much. You're up there in the cold a lot. So I guess it's a little bit easier, but I, I see people sitting in the cabs, of their trucks and they're on their phones and maybe they're calling brokers. I can't, I can't put it to them, but it's like, 
it's just like they could be out there walking, you know, and it's like that, like, and I see that. And it's just, my biggest thing is, you know, they could just go for walks. So somebody will message me and they'll be like, dude, I saw one of your videos and I got out and I walked for 45 minutes. And I think in the visibility and what people need to do, but that off ramp stuff, I might, I don't know, especially if I'm empty. I think, so what do you, will you'll just stop for like a 30 minute break and uh, on a, on an off ramp and, and just, just chew it up, just get after it. Pretty much. And for you guys that don't like, if anyone hasn't seen my videos, just look that up on TikTok. You'll see, I have like a whole mobile gym setup. It's dumbbells, kettlebell. I have a little portable bench that goes underneath my bunk bed. I'll set it up on an off ramp and I'll just get after it. Today, for example, I ran, <laughs> there was an overpass and I ran literally, I didn't want to run like 45, I did a light jog 45 minutes and I just ran across the bridge from one side to the other so people, truckers can see me running or anyone can see me running. Just look like, what is this crazy guy doing? Maybe I should go run too. Like I had, I was in South Carolina. I could have ran in the fields where nobody can see me, but I just figured, hey, if I take my shirt off, leave my hat on, maybe they can see the logo, maybe not. But if I run and they see me, maybe they'll get after it. So yeah, visibility is a big part of it because it's not clean. As you said, showers are a problem. I gave up on those. I use uh, body wipes because it's just, man, it's, it's so much work with like trying to get everything done. I just don't even have time to stop at truck stops. I just go with it. I'll stop it once in a while. I'm not disgusting, but it's, it's definitely, and that's actually an excuse a lot of people use. I can't take a shower. At least props to you. You, you're doing it. So. Yeah, that's, that is the thing is the laundry list of it. Like for, even for people who aren't in the industry, the list of excuses, you know, for not, you know, living a better lifestyle is long, but as a driver, it's always, oh, well, I couldn't shower. And I've done the same thing. There's a lot of times where it's like, I've either parked at a highway rest stop or I parked at a Walmart or a Sam's club, wherever it may be. And yeah, fuck it. You know, use the dude wipes. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get like, who cares? Who am I going to? Yeah, who am I going to be near? I'm not going to be near anybody. And but I, 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 I think the same way. This, yeah, I'm not going to be near anybody. And I can tell you've been out. You've definitely been out for a while because you haven't shaved. My neck is coming in too, for the yeah for the people viewing. Yeah, you you must be letting it ride. But I I like this visibility thing. I think that this might because that's the thing. Like just making this content alone is uh, obscure because most drivers on TikTok are complaining. Uh, <laughs> they're complaining about whatever. Uh, or, you know, talking shit to each other. Uh, so making this content, but I think this, I think this visibility, this might be the, um, the kind of punk rock way to, to, to do this, to start getting people to the, on, on, even though there's, it might be a quote safety issue. And I'm sure a couple Karens might. It, 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 no, it is a safety issue. I'll, tell you, I'll give you that. I almost got <laughs> ran over it. It is, but just be careful. I mean, I'm still yeah. alive. I'm breathing. Yeah, exactly. It is be careful where the vest. Trust me, I go for runs all the time. You know, I've ran a few marathons, so I, I go on these runs, and I'm always on these main fucking roads, and I'll uh, and I'll always like think I'm gonna get clipped by these, you know, by these cars. It's you know, it sucks. I was just running in Oklahoma the other day. I had a guy basically threaten me, asked me why I was in the neighborhood and all this stuff. I'm wearing a fucking safety vest. It's so it's so weird, but I like this kind of guerrilla warfare mindset you got with this no this this is awesome so yeah so the equipment you've got kettlebell you got the same you have the both what what now who makes the kettlebell you got bowflex bowflex makes okay. all of it there's other brands out there that are cheaper i just when i was buying everything i just went with one brand because they were the shipping i think was the fastest so everything yeah. bowflex is the dumbbell kettlebell i have the weighted vest i have the rogue uh, sled uh, medicine ball, yeah. bunch of like, well, ba ba bunch of bands, and I mean it's pretty much a full gym. You really do not need. You don't even need half of this. Let me be clear for all the listeners. You don't need any of this stuff. Like you said, 
you don't even need to run. Take your shoes and go walk 30 minutes. There's a study in the 60s that was done in a London, like in England, double-decker buses. You have a conductor and a driver, right? Driver lives on average about 11 to 12 years less than a conductor. Why? Turns out it's because the conductor walks and collects tickets about 20 to 30 minutes a day. That's not much. And later they did research, it literally reduces the risk of dying from heart attack, uh, stroke, uh, reduced the risk of diabetes by 50%. And it's 30 minutes of walking, man. And it's crazy that people don't do that. Like you said, they're on the phones. I call bullshit. I just think they're lazy. Yeah. It, it definitely is a laziness. It's a, it's a fact. It, it does come down to a personal responsibility uh, without a doubt. I mean, that's why – that's another – like that's – I have some of the equipment. I have the Bowflex dumbbells. I got the portable bench. I got TRX bands. But I've been, po- I've been doing a lot of the body weight stuff because to show drivers because a lot of the drivers say well i don't have a gym well guess what i know the parking lot's covered in pits and i know this but like trust me i i'm i'm aware but i'm like if you if if the gym is your excuse here's the body weight stuff you can get a weighted vest and you can do all this stuff so it's just that's what i'm trying to do is eliminate the excuses you're doing that too i love the equipment so what yeah what's your basic workout routine what are you doing so even though we we preach walking for anybody starting their journey they should definitely just start by Switching from regular soda to diet and go for walks, it would change their life. But what's your general workout routine? I go a little crazy. I typically prefer high-intensity workouts, although lately I've been doing more hypertrophy workouts. So now it's mostly like three to five sets of 12 to 15 reps, lighter weight, but I go also for cardio. So I'll do strength and hypertrophy for the first half, and then I'll go like medicine ball slams, or I'll just run. Like yesterday, I'm, I'm uploading video later on today or tomorrow. I did like, I did the best. Uphill sprint with a sled behind me, with uh, 100 pounds behind me. That killed me. But, I mean, I'm also – I've always been in pretty good shape with basketball. And it does affect your energy later in the day, I'll give you that. Because that workout, I don't think I'm doing again if I have to drive all night. <laughs> but it's just mostly snatches. Um, mostly, as I said, like I'll do bench press and call it like uh, the butterflies. And then I'll go into, I don't know, snatches and stuff like that just to get the blood flow moving. I like to get tired. I like high cardio. It burns a lot more calories very efficiently. And I prefer efficiency over just wasting time. Because as you said, sometimes you just don't have the time to do slow. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you on that. And that's kind of what I do with the EMOMs and everything. And I'm, I, I just uploaded a TikTok today. That I have these tarps with me now. that you know, And the tarps for flatbed are 75 pounds. Uh, each tarp is 75 pounds. So just Jeez, run it, running with head. them on yeah, running around with them on your shoulder is like you know, pretty free, much. Yeah, it's free. It's free game right there. It's free workouts to get creative. So that's what you've been doing, workout. You know, workout wise. Um, you post the videos. Check them out now. What are you doing nutrition wise? And this is something I struggle with. It's easy to post workout videos, but when I when I cook, I want to I want to eat. So it's hard for me to want to videotape every time I'm eating. But so yeah, what are you doing nutrition wise? To, because you know, people say it's 80-20. I think, you know, it's 80% nutrition, 20%, uh, you know, of your actual fitness. I think nutrition is probably the larger looming factor uh, when it comes to overall trucker health, too. So, what? yeah, what are you doing out there for food? I, I would agree with you. I would 80-20 might be the right pro. I would even say for truckers, it's 90-10, just because the truck stuff food is such junk. And I mean, cigarettes and everything else goes into a factor. But I'm, uh, as we talk, I'm on a carnivore diet. I had a really bad skin condition. I'm not even on a diet to lose weight or anything. I had a really bad skin condition. I don't know if you can see because they scammer. There's still like scars left from it. 
uh, you probably can't see. But long story short, it was all over my body. It was itching, and I, nobody. I went to five, six doctors. They gave me shots, creams, like steroids. Not the TR, but the skin stuff. Long story short, I couldn't get rid of it. And I came across a book from Paul Saladino, Dr. Paul Saladino, MD, who talks about carnivore diet and how it actually clears out your system. Uh, and give it three weeks, and it'll clear out your skin. And I tried it. I went strict carnivore for about a, two months until he, I started listening to this podcast. So he kind of covered that you should add fruits, raw milk, raw dairy, and honey. And I'm doing that right now. And I can tell you, it changed my life completely. Not only did the skin condition go away, I pretty much have a six pack at this point. And since I started trucking, since I stopped playing basketball, that hasn't been there. So it's it's amazing what nutrition alone can do for you. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the, the abs are definitely a goal of mine, and I'm starting to see them come in. And I kind of, I've leaned on that side of dieting, too. I, I definitely have some vegetables for some filler. Um, it's just, I don't have the most fridge space. I need to get a cooler, but what's crazy, is, and I we talked about this before the show, I, I had met Saladino in Austin in 2020, and that's when, and that's when that, uh, I think that red pill I really took along the way. But then I went to a carnivore event, too, in Austin, and I met a woman similar, similar to what you had. A, a, it's the skin thing. There's something people, she used to have these boils and lesions on her skin. She used to be like almost 400 pounds too. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And she showed us the pictures. She's on Instagram too. I could send you her profile. And then basically after a couple of weeks of doing carnivore, her skin. Yeah, absolutely. If you see her now in person, you would never, you would never, ever know. And now when you see, yeah. And then you meet her, she does, she's tall too. She's probably like six, two, six, three. Uh, she kind of looks like a, a like a like a supermodel almost like super slender and you look at the old pictures and you're like holy you know it's like holy shit and i met the, and this isn't just somebody who's like bullshit on instagram i met this woman in in uh you know in real life and like what it does for the skin is crazy which i can't believe well the skin to me is what you see on the outside it's what happens inside to me that's the bit my i i, I don't have brain fog my i'm very i mean i'm always high energy but it just changes the whole perspective of everything you've known about diet. And to your point, I had really bad diet before this. I played basketball. My workouts were extremely hard. I could eat whatever I want, and I would still be in pretty good shape, which I limited certain stuff. But, like, I had a really bad sweet tooth, croissants with Nutella, uh, cheesecake, cheesecake ice cream. Dude, I used to eat it all. And I That's a European diet. That's good stuff. And I still crave it from time to time. I'll tell you this. I'm an addict, and I realized that once I completely kicked out of sugar out of my diet. And most people just think kick it out, like kicking out sugar is just the candy or whatever shit food that you're eating. If you carefully read the labels of almost anything you buy that's packaged, it has added carbohydrates, added sugars, corn syrup, all kinds of shit in it. And I sound like Paula Saladino right now. But if you actually read, everything is just added sugar, added carbs, added – like it's just insane how much sugar you're ingesting without even knowing it. Once I kicked that out, man, for three days, when I tell you I stop at a truck stop and I would have to run in and out because my brain is telling me, go get a Kit Kat, go get a Kinder Bueno. And I failed. I've relapsed at least 10 times. Like it was the hardest thing ever. I've, I quit alcohol, dry turkey. One day I woke up and said, fuck it, I'm done. I quit alcohol. I've done some drugs back in the day, never cared for it, completely stopped, like cold turkey. Sugar was the hardest thing in my life to stop. And it's insane how I was shaking, man. I was sitting in my truck. I'm like, I need something. I need something. And I'm like, shit, I'm an addict. But after no, about think, three weeks, after about three weeks, sorry, after about three weeks, it was all gone. And now I barely even crave it. 
No, I think I think this is important to say, and I'm glad. And I'm glad you. I had no idea you were going to come on and say this because I, I mean, I definitely agree, especially with sugar. Sugar is. I mean, we people don't realize like we as a country, you know, the United States. I mean, we fought fucking wars over sugar, like like it's it, like and you know people joke, oh, we fight wars over oil and stuff like that. Like, no, we we have gone to war and still probably you know have you know whatever we do in South America or in Cuba, like we fought fucking wars over this stuff of sugar because like the lobby behind it, the industry that's behind it. That's what, yeah, that's, I look at that all the time. The added sugars, the added this, what, Man, what does it no mean reason. to be there? You know, it's like when you take an, like an apple doesn't have added sugar. Apples are still delicious. It doesn't need any more sugar to make it a, a better apple or something like that. I, I couldn't doubt that, but people need to know that. And I think more drivers need to know that too. It's just, because what's crazy about um, like dieting is like like you said you you relapse a couple of times, you know when it comes to trying to live a healthier lifestyle like demanding perfection of yourself is always tough and I think that's a tough um, avenue to go down. But just drawing that yeah drawing that back to not having because sugar existed in the fifties and sixties, but yet we didn't have you know truck drivers in the fifties and sixties did not look like how they look today. Things were made definitely a lot differently. But no, so this is awesome. So it's been like a journey for you. So how long have you been doing? You've been on this animal-based carnivore diet. Carnivore's been. This is the second year now. I just actually got a story like on Instagram. You know, it gives you like reminders. It's been about a year and a half now, and it's. Just, I mean, as I said, it's life-changing. And to your point, yes, yeah, sugar was invented, and some people want to say that it's not really a sugar epidemic. I don't know if I agree or disagree. Because there's a lot of other factors that go into play, such as depression, uh, social media, one of them being influenced, like people not communicating with each other. But then truckers back then didn't have anything. Today is more. So I don't know. To your point, I really don't know what's causing it. But I can tell you that the more I look around, not even truckers, just go to their grocery store and look around, man, and you'll just see it's it's not a good picture of human of society at all. No, at it's, all. It, with, yeah, it's without a doubt. I mean, it's. It's crazy to think that much food is on demand at any given time, you know, and when really for like most of most of the history of humanity, you can never go into so many establishments across an entire country and have that much food just out there all the time. But the ingredients is huge. Like, so I get this keto bread that this that's sold at Walmart. And here's the thing with bread, because that's the one of the one of the meals I'll make are like these uh, cheeseburgers. I'll get beef patties, keto bread because it's low calorie. And, uh, you know, just some American cheese with this keto bread, like regular bread is like 120 calories a slice. This keto bread, which has less ingredients and less bullshit, tastes almost the exact same, has 35 calories per slice and the fiber that they say that, you know, that you're supposedly good for your gut. What, you know, what's the explanation for that? Like, why is this bread healthier, less calories, you know, less, less stuff in it? than this other bread, than Wonder Bread, that's just got a, a, par, a, a paragraph of fucking ingredients. Like, I have a question that's maybe, I would say a little better than that. Why does bread have that many ingredients? I mean, you need, you need what? Flour, wheat, salt, water, and bacon. I mean, it's not rocket science, man. Yeah. You're, like, and you're, you're right. You have a whole adding colors. But this is another problem with people. And it's like, nobody knows this. People aren't educated on it. And once they realize, oh, shit, I have diabetes. Oh, crap, I have cancer. Oh, crap, I got a stroke. It's too late to go back. You can still do some changes, but it's, it's just, it doesn't work. And back to nope. sugar, there's a bunch of research, mice preferably. But if you give mice cocaine and sugar, they will go for sugar every single time. 
every single time. And cocaine is supposed to be the most addicting drug, which it is. But given sugar, mice will every single time choose sugar. That should tell you enough about sugar. I mean, yeah, there's people who can't even go with, uh, you know, there's people who can't get coffee without their sugar. You know, they can't get, you know, there's like certain little things that they, they can't do their tea, like unsweetened, you know, they need sweet tea. They can't drink unsweetened <laughs> iced tea. Like there's some things cool. that people can't. Like, oh, I can't just give it up. Like, it's, uh, yeah, when it comes to sugar, it's something people say, they'll be like, oh, I, I, I don't need to drink for a couple weeks or I don't need to do this for a couple weeks. But when it comes to like changing something up with like the sugar, it's like, oh, I can't do that. But it's not that bad. Yeah. Because you know, when you take, when you, but when you talk about cocaine in the same reference, like if you're like, oh, I can't wake up without a morning bump, it sounds a lot weird, different than sugar. <laughs> if you can't wake up with sugar, it's funny how, how that works no but you're honest the, the education is important i think the knowledge is important and that's another thing is these stories aren't getting out there like about about people living these diets and i you know i we talked about it before the show but there's another carnivore guy who's coming to the mid-america trucking show his name is dr ken barry he's actually gonna be speaking to drivers because the uh, the data speaks for itself there's people who with carnivore have reversed their diabetes um off medication off, off insulin, not just one. And you know, the, and, they, and they just did this by just basically, you know, sticking with meat. So doing the, the, I'm interested in this though. You're doing the carnivore diet. How are you doing it on the road? How do you make it work? What are you cooking with? Where do you, where are you grocery shopping? Whole Foods. I'm a little bougie on that, and you do not. And this is the same. You do not need to go to Whole Foods or Sprouts. You can find goods just as good stuff at Walmart, Trader Joe's, Kroger, Fries, whatever you want to call it. I go to Whole Foods because I like to get stuck with my truck and parking lots that aren't designed for trucks. <laughs> Most of the times it's like very hard to get around. But um, I have, a, well, I had a different, I ran over my grill. I had a really nice grill from Amazon and I left it on my truck, backed up and ran over it. So that's gone. Uh, but I used to have a portable grill that literally folded in like a little briefcase. And I would cook like after my workout, still on an exit ramp, I'll whip it out. Get my steaks out because typically I eat steak. I love ribeyes, and that's mostly what I eat. Now, I also eat grass-fed, grass-finished stuff because I do believe grain isn't meant for animals. And when you're getting animals so fat, I believe it's unhealthy. Results have seen been, been seen with, and without any grass-fed, grass-finished. It's just carnivore diet. So that doesn't necessarily need to stop you from that. But back to that, what I was saying, I would whip out. Now I have a propane, like you know the propane tank, and then you just screw oh, so the top of it. So you're doing propane, and okay? I, so you're not doing charcoal or anything. Everything is propane. No, no, everything is propane. I've seen your air air fryer. I don't like it because it smokes up my cabin, and I hate it. I mean, the truck yeah. is our house, and I just I can't. Do, I walk out and come back, and I smell it. Them, I can't do this. So it smells it like a fast there. food joint it's in here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fine if you can deal with it. I just can't. My truck isn't clean. Isn't the cleanest, I'd say. But I just can't deal with smells. Smells, ugh, yeah, I can't do that. That's just my Yeah, I, I got, I know. it's It sucks when I got the microwave and I cook broccoli. Yeah, it fucking reeks. I, I got to, I should, I should, I should probably cut out the broccoli altogether. Yes, no, I know. I like, I like the, <laughs> I like this grill idea though. So you take a portable grill with you and you just, and you'll just bang out a workout and be on the side of the highway, flip out the grill and just grill up a fucking steak takes 15 minutes it doesn't i'm lying it doesn't take 15 minutes to set up the grill takes about three minutes warm up the, the i have a cast iron skillet and you don't need to clean it that's the best part of because i only cook steak i don't need seasoning sauces put salt on the steak put butter whip it up minute and a half minute and a half each side and then 30 minutes for searing i like it rare take it out take the paper towel rip out the grease that the skillet is good to go 
I don't know if that's the most hygienic way to go about it. I'm still breeding, so. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're tr yeah, we are truckers. We don't always have to go with that. So, okay, so steaks, you'll do that after workout. What is your, okay, so you probably mixed in a little bit of fruits and stuff because, I mean, that's, yeah, those are the, the good carbs and sugar. So, yeah, what's a normal day look like for you? Like, uh, what do you wake up? Do you wake up in the morning and eat or do you fast? Uh, I'm not a strict intermittent faster, but I do tend to eat. Like, my first, I listen to a lot of uh, Huberman podcasts. And I try to follow great, a lot of examples. He yeah. says, but 10 to 11 a.m. is typically when my first meal is. But if I wake up and I don't feel energized for my workout, I'll get like a banana. I eat a lot of fruits, a lot of fruits. And I don't count calories at all, man. Like sometimes I'll really? overeat. Sometimes, oh, yeah, I don't count calories at all. And I learned every carnivore diet, I don't eat as much. But sometimes I also eat a lot of fruits. And I'm worried about my carb intake, but I think it evens out. And it might be just me, but I really don't count my carbs. Approximately, though, I know... I eat about 250 grams of fat, 250 grams of protein, and give or take between 150 to 200 grams of carbs a day. And that's all in form of raw milk, raw dairy, raw honey, uh, add, carb, add, add fruits, and pretty much animal product. That's pretty much it. And I don't need chicken. On, that's, that's the crazy part. Oh, so you don't do any chicken either? Yeah. Doesn't so based on well those. That's not sit well with me. Yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 I see. I eat a lot of chicken, chicken thighs for the most part. I'll, I'll do a lot of thighs. Tastes delicious. Do, man. Tastes delicious. I just it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, it doesn't sit in the stomach. But based off the macros you gave, you're probably only really eating. You'd be surprised, but you might be under three thousand calories a day. And for a guy your size, working out as much as you do, you're probably staying in a deficit. But your protein is at the weight. You know, you're still at that probably one gram per pound of you know, goal body weight you want to be, because I'm assuming you probably, you must weigh between 220 and you're six, eight. You said you got to be about 220 between 250. Okay. So you are. Okay. I don't know how, how, I'm heavy how heavy. I, oh, I was always heavy. Playing basketball. Yeah. It was funny because people would think they can bully me because I look kind of skinny, but then you push me. I'm very heavy. And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> no, that's awesome. So it's basically just so fruit, raw milk, raw honey, and and red and red meat specific. So no, you don't do pork or anything. Maybe problem with pork, pork is a lot of it is raised with antibiotics and whatnot. And as I said, yeah. you, you can eat it. It's still good stuff. Bacon is great. Uh, but instead of beef bacon, instead of pork bacon, I'll just buy beef bacon. It's hard to find, but you can. And that's the reason why I shop at Whole Foods. They typically have at least 100% grass-fed steak. They have a lot of that. It's very hard to find raw dairy. And I can't find that out. A couple of times, man, my GPS took me on some roads I probably shouldn't have been just to find these local farms that have raw dairy. <laughs> One oh, time, man. I didn't think I'm going to make it out. But it's good stuff, man. It's good. It works. Was, I'm not going to lie. You you run. You're pulling it. Whole Foods always has those islands that you can't that your trailer will roll over if you go. So you're pulling into Whole Foods. Yeah, you're going down these dirt farm to market roads. Who knows where you? In Texas, it's probably easy. But I'm not sure how much you're in Texas, but I've heard it's. I talk to people and they they're able to get raw dairy and stuff easier in Texas. I guess this is just from what I know. If you go on some Facebook groups, because I'm wondering, yeah, where it's do you honestly, get raw dairy? It's honestly super easy. And as you said, go on Google and go on Facebook, go on Reddit, and you'll find places within five minutes. And then go on Google Maps if you're in a truck, semi truck, and see where these places are. For example, most of the Whole Foods are well, not all. Some are downtown. Don't ever go to those. Ask me how I know. Don't. Uh, but uh, if you see some on the outskirts, typically there's like a Walmart or Sam's Club. And guess what? It's a mile away. What it does makes you walk 30 minutes to go to that store. And that's what there I do. Go. That's how I get my walks for the most part. 
Yeah, no, that's that's genius. I, I'll do similar things when it comes to Planet Fitnesses or gyms or high school tracks. Like, oh, it's a half mile away. Oh, I can run there. Oh, I can do this. Exactly. So this, this is awesome. I, I'm really glad you, you came on to talk about the diet. Where, where I think you have an advantage over some people, though, uh, and I want to because I, you know, I know we're, we got some we got some good time going, but I know, you know, I, I value your time. I know you got places to be. I think where you're lucky because this has to do with also things I talk about is you're lucky that you're running on paper logs. I think the ELD is a factor and why people um, eat the way they eat, uh, why they don't do these habits, because they feel as though that they're slaves to the ELD. After 30 minutes, they need to roll. After 10 hours, they need to drive or something like that. And they just, I think people need to know that that's not true when it comes to the e-log. If your company's mad at you for taking care of yourself, you're working for their own company. Uh, but uh, you met you. You talked about going downtown. You talked about going down roads. You want to know. I want to hear your side of you know truck parking for you. What's you know is is truck parking because it's a it's a problem. I just wanted to hear your you know your opinion on truck parking out there. Before I go there, I gotta disagree with you on this one. ELD, I think. Okay, let's put a perspective. Let's say I drive yeah, no, by the paper. Talk about it. Let's let's say I drive by the paper logs and I do like I drive as much as I want because you can if you want the paper logs it would technically make it harder for me to work out because I'm running so much more let's say I could take a team route when most people can't it makes it so much easier for you as an ELD when you have that 10 hour break to take that one hour and still get full eight hours of sleep and have an hour extra to do whatever you want so I just wanted to bring that up because I've I've had it with people on TikTok saying oh I don't have enough time that's bullshit when you have 10 hours mandatory and then every five days you have to do a 36 side on paper logs. Yeah, 34. 36, <laughs> yeah, in a way. That part I don't do. I think this is dumb as shit ever. I, I do it ever. I do, I do it. Put this way. I do it. But you have more time on ELDs, man, in my opinion, than on paper logs if you're running paper logs for that reason. I've, I've mentioned that before on other episodes, the, the, the good things about e-logs. And I understand that there are days where you have to do 30 minutes and go. And there are times where I'll grab a Subway sandwich or there have been times I've been in a hurry and I, and I get that, but you're right. When it comes to the 10 hour break, and I say this to guys all the time, the, the, the yeah, the 10 hour break that you're absolutely right with, with the paper logs, you could just run and gun and do whatever and live off toothpicks and drive as much as you want. But in reality, if, if, if you got to do 10 hours and go, you, you can walk for 45 minutes, eat and get eight, get eight hours of sleep period. A lot of of time. Story. 10 hours I is a lot of time and then to your point and i'm not attacking you by any means i'm very i'm a huge fan of what you do but you said sometimes you don't have time bullshit what about a 34-hour reset you said you have an air fryer you have a fridge you have a microwave buy some plastic mm -hmm. go to dishes make some food warm it up in five three minutes and again i'm yeah. not attacking you man I, like don't get me wrong but if you want to do something you can't and i know you do it i'm saying it for other people that are making that as an excuse that's bullshit they can do it no. they just don't want to or they don't know how to do it and you're 100% right. And I, because people ask me all the time, they're like, do you meal prep? I was like, no, I really do it on the go. No, you're right. I should fucking meal prep because I do have time on resets. I'll have, I do, I should get some fucking Tupperware. That's, and I didn't even think about getting fucking Tupperware either. Well, I'm not like, what am talking I gonna about you, man. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. not trying to like, like, I'm just saying, like, it's a reality. You can't do that. It's easy. You just, if you think about it or just want to do it, if it matters to you, you'll do it. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And for, and that's the thing. And, because even though this is a nationwide epidemic, like when it comes to 
obesity and people metabolically being unhealthy or unfit in the trucking industry has doubled. Like the amount of people who smoke is double, like over half of the industry, 51%. I just, I'm, I'm part of a, uh, like a crisis committee for a uh, drivers unlimited, like a CDL group that's trying to help drivers. And they came out with these stats and the stats are basically double for everything. Like 51% of people in the industry are smoking six. And I'm and I used to smoke cigarettes like really? in 2016. You know, and it's like, it's you know, it's 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 it, yeah, I would have thought it's higher too. And that's probably underreported. And so it's just the, oh, the stats sure. are doubled in the industry. So that's why I think that what we're doing is equally is equally as important. Um, because like I said, it's the result is I posted a video of it the other day, and I'm sure you saw it. it got a lot. It got a lot of comments where I told people like, "This is your future. Like your company's gonna, you're gonna be found dead in your truck." Look how many people commented. Oh, no. my uncle, my this, my that, found dead in their trucks, just like after days or X amount. It's just like, and the companies don't give a shit. So it's it, we have to start giving a shit. We've got to make it. Yeah, you got to make the bold decision of hey, we got to make these fucking choices or. You know, and if it's just like, and some of the people made excuses, oh, we're just going to die anyways. Well, tell your family that, you know, you're not telling me that you're telling your family. That's a lame excuse. Yeah, no, for sure. But, um, Hey man, you know, we're, we're running good out of time. Anything else, anything else you want to shoot out there in the ethos before I let you go? I think we covered a lot of ground. Man, I just want to say it was a pleasure to be here and hopefully a lot of some people see this and actually take it as advice to go and get out and don't be a part of the number. Like I'm going to end with what I begin with. Retirement age for normal, regular people starts at 64. 90% of truckers don't live that long. And it's such a small change you can make. Start by walking and you'll progress later on. You don't even have to think about it. But it's a shame that this many truckers don't get to enjoy the fruits of their hard labor just because they didn't walk 30 minutes a day. It's such a simple face things. Screw the food, screw everything else. Walking, simply walking can help you get somewhere. And then from there, you can move on and make, make changes. You know, well said, absolutely well said. And I'll leave it with like, look, un unlike you, um, I, I did go down a path. I got almost, I was up to 275, almost 280 pounds. There was a point where I was hopeless. Guess what? It's not, you know, I've ran four marathons in the past year. It's not, you can do it in this job. Just it, it, you do it, you doing it out there too, leading by example, the weather doesn't matter. You're out there in negative 15, you're doing it. I think that's a, the, the, the best thing you said is retirement age is 64, you're dead at 61. That, that's, and that's, and that's, I think that's the most like, that should make people's jaws drop. But dude, th I wanna thank you again so much for coming on. We're gonna do this again. We should, we're gonna come up with a competition. We need to do like either a competition or like a challenge there or something. We, we like need to that. make a TikTok. I like that. We're gonna, yeah, like we're gonna that. make it, we're gonna make up some sort of TikTok trend or challenge with drivers. We're gonna get them to do it. But before I let you go, let the people know where they can find you on any social media platform, where you're there, where you're available, where they can follow you. TikTok is where I'm mostly active. And if you look up the fittest trucker, my name is on there. Instagram, I'm also active. It's at LJESKO13. So that's my last name, which is weird. Easiest way to find me, just type in the fittest trucker. Typically, I'm like one of the first posts that comes up there. And then social, I mean, Euros, just type in U-R-O-S, my first name. And pretty much on every social media you have, I'm going, there's not many people named like that. So, <laughs> Yeah, see, you're lucky, man. Every, there's a, there's a freaking 5 billion mics. But you know, there's but I you don't know, know Mike, one. you're Lombard trucking. That is, yeah, 
That is true. See, the funny, I, I got to tell you this. My wife, dude, I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I'm doing this podcast with a Lombard trucker. She goes, that name sounds familiar. I'm like, I don't know. To me, it sounded familiar too, but a guy, it sounds really good. I like it. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You know, my, my grandfather, rest his soul, he'd, he'd love to hear you say that. So I, I appreciate it, man. And once again, I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, let's, let's, we're, we're right back at it tomorrow. We're in the fight, dude. We got to keep, we got to keep this going. I'm going to try to find a beach man to work out here if I didn't have to run real quick. But yeah, man, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure more than yours because I want people to hear about it. So thank you for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. We'll do this again. We'll get that trend going. And guys, thank you once again for listening. As always, you know where to find me at Lombard Trucking. And if you ever want to talk, I'll be here. Peace.